What's up, guys? Welcome to God and Government every Wednesday at 11 uh, here in the studio, I That's guess. Right. Is that what we're calling it now? It's is it called the studio? It is, the Page 50 <laughs> Christchurch Media Studio. <laughs> Atop the bustling um, Java Squared coffee shop. Ooh, the bustling. <laughs> That's right. You know, uh, Pastor Stewart, this isn't a hot take political show. That's not really what we're trying to do here. It's not? Not well, not at this point. <laughs> no, that's not that's not our style. We're we're more the tortoise than the hare. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is more of a podcast, a slow a slow burn. <laughs> that's right. This is a show designed and this is this is important. This is a show designed to take patient listeners systematically through what Christ has to say regarding the topic of government. Our church's like mission that. is um, to teach Acadiana, to call Acadiana, to follow all of Christ in all of life, including the sphere of government. Christ is Lord over every area of our life, Amen. including that area of life, the government, that oftentimes doesn't think that he is Lord. So we're wanting to mm. teach Acadiana, call Acadiana to follow Christ in this area. So we're going to, over the, the next uh, several months... Take our patient listeners systematically through the topic of biblical government. Awesome. Uh, every Wednesday at 11 o'clock. That's right. Cool. Done. We have a sponsor today. Ooh, who's our sponsor? <laughs> Shout out to Christ Church Academy. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it took some convincing and uh, quite the, um, the proposal to get them to come on board and to sponsor our show. <laughs> But we have some connections. Oh, good. Okay. But yeah, this episode brought to you by Christ Church Academy. <laughs> Is that your radio voice? That's it, right I li- there. I like, you like it. that. I feel like I feel like you got some good potential. If the <laughs> government schools have recently let you down, sending your children home with nothing to do, we can help with that. <laughs> first of all, consider why in the world do you have your children in government school? First of all, but secondly, consider Christ Church Academy. Ooh. That's right. I like Affordable, it. Affordable, Christian, and classical education. Ooh. Now, we're going to be Ooh. talking about Christian education here later in the program, but just a little plug for our politically correct sponsor, Christ Church Academy. <laughs> right? Wait, are we not? Are we? I think we might be coming that hot take. Are we leaning in that no, way? <laughs> we're not hot take, but, we, but it's hot. <laughs> Duh. Oh, that's great. Oh, we got our coffee here from Java Squared. So, uh, nice. what you been up to? Quarantine. You're locked in your house now. Re- redeeming the quarantine. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Getting some stuff done. Yeah, I've been working on a uh, barn for my cows. <laughs> nice. My herdsman. Well done. Well done. Amateur herdsman. Do you have like a Do you have a staff yet? No, I have a feed bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you can do with a staff, you can do ten times better with a feed bucket. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. I've, I've been loving my cows. I, I, I'm not a dog guy, and I'm not a cat guy. I never really enjoyed um, dogs and cats. But I've really grown to love my, <laughs> but cows, my cows, though. <laughs> like, it was surprising how much um, enjoyment I've gotten out of raising those calves and Feeding them and haying them and brushing them and watering them and, and, and training them to go in and out of the stall and out to the pasture. Do they fetch a stick yet? They don't fetch. Oh, see. They're well, not tame like you would think, like a, a dog. They're, they're kind of, if you have chickens, 
They're it's like chickens. The like they like you. They're not scared of you. They come to you for food, but they don't. They don't love for you to mess with them too much. Like you wouldn't go pet your cow. Like well, that would I, be. We, well, we're trying to. We're trying to. <laughs> they're dairy cows, so they're pretty docile. But we're trying to break them in slowly. But that's what I've been doing: building a barn, nice. and then of course preparing for all these online. Um, shows trying to redeem the quarantine right. with Christchurch Media. I like that. Hashtag redeem the quarantine. Redeem the quarantine. Redeem right. all time, but especially the quarantine. Nice. Uh, how about how about you? How does it feel to be non-essential? <laughs> it feels pretty awful so far. I've been hustling a lot with uh, you know our side business, making sure that all our clients are feeling good, like they're taken care of. I've been doing a lot of work at the new house, which we're in a weird spot because we're renovating a new house. While we live in another house, but and now nothing can really happen in either house. And so I called the bank yesterday and I said, hey, is there, like, can you guys cut me a break on something? Like, is there a deal? And they said, no, that's not an option right now. Wow. So I'm trying to figure out how to make that work. <laughs> Doing what you can. Right, right. Well, this, um, this I think we need to seize as an opportunity, this quarantine. No, I've been hearing all over um, the internet folks looking for a solid church home. Mm. I think when suffering and trial hits, people realize they're not as independent as they once thought they were. Amen. They start to realize why it might be good to have a church family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, we've been having quite a few people out there looking for a new church home. And so we want to keep these um, mm. offerings, these media offerings coming. Yeah. And hey, if you are a member of Christ Church, like, don't be ashamed of your pastor's. Share us. <laughs> right? We know sometimes we might trigger you a little bit, but don't be ashamed of us. Host a watch party. Let your friends know that yeah. these two guys are your pastors. And yes, you too believe what they say. <laughs> Go public. Come out of the closet. Oh, day. Host a watch party and watch how many friends you have come and join and listen to this conversation. You never know. Yeah. They're going to hear some fresh stuff here. Right. Because honestly, like the more that we talk about just God and government, the way it's been structured, uh, the more I realize how this is never broached anywhere, really. The only thing that I've ever heard is, no, 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 separation of church and state. Keep them distinct. Right. We have a few cliches we throw out in order to shut down conversation about unapproved topics. Right. Politics is not on the approved list for churches. Right. When Jesus Christ is Lord over all. Right. You, no, 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 no. You stay in your lane, and you let the government run in it. That's, that's right. But here's the problem. Jesus has no lane. He's the highway. That's right. He, Ooh, <laughs> I like that. The he, there's no boundary markers <laughs> that limit his sovereignty. He is the sovereign. He is the Lord over the ultimate government. And so the church, now, of course, we don't bear the sword like the civil government. But the church bears the word of God, and we have to be faithful to address every area of life. Mm. Family, self-government, mm-hmm. and civil government. Mm. That's what this class is all about. Helping everyone understand their jurisdictions, and their prerogatives, and their responsibilities. Right. Um, I was checking out the news this morning, and turns out that the um, Senate has finally passed the bill, the um, stimulus bill. There I was, a, saw there was that. a little bit of fighting. They uh, tried to throw some Planned Parenthood funding in there, some uh, new Green Deal, you know, stuff mm. in there, some carbon emission stuff. You know, never, never waste a good crisis. That's many politicians' uh, way of life. Mm. But they passed one um, earlier, uh, I think late last night. Mm. But listen to the name of it. 
This is going to trigger you. Uh-oh. Go. What? It's called the Take Responsibility for Workers and Family Act. How do you like that? Oh, How do you I like the, I don't like the that. Senate over in Washington, like D.C. taking responsibility for your family, Pastor Stu? I'm not a fan of that. No, actually. That's You're in not, safe hands. Mm, nope. Nope. When, so when Strings did that come out? I didn't see that. I didn't see that at all. Where, where did I, you find I, the I name? saw it early this morning, the name of the bill. Uh, Nancy Pelosi introduced it, and she called it the Take Responsibility for Workers and Family Act. She is manning up. She's taking responsibility. She, she's saying that she actually is over the family. That's exactly what's happening, a statement like that. Even though they, they probably don't even hear that, realize it on the front of their brains. It's a, part, it's a swallowed conclusion. Mm-hmm. It's a part of their basic presuppositional framework that they are the sovereign, that they are over every unit, every individual. That's right. They don't even really believe in what we think of as household government. They don't believe that no. that even is a lane. No. For them, it's civil government, and we are all units. We are all individuals under their sovereign rule. Right. There is one lane. So we were talking about before, Jesus is the highway. There's one lane. I think they think there's one lane, too. Yeah. But it's all exactly civil government. Yeah, and that's a great segue for what we talked about last week. The word government in the singular form, we oftentimes think of as civil government. That's, mm. that's their worldview. Mm-hmm. But the Bible speaks of a singular government in heaven. For unto us a child is born. Mm. For unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. Amen. Singular government right. is in heaven overall. Mm-hmm. So we as Christians, if we're going to call the nations to observe and obey all that Christ commanded, we have to get this, this structural framework correct. There's civil government. Mm-hmm. There's family government. And there's church government. That's a mic in front of you. That's a mic right here. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, guys. But underneath all of them is self-government. Right, right. We have to get those lanes established um, if we're going to live right and so, live wisely. So when we say there's three governments, we're not saying there's three separate, completely running in their own whole. There's God who's over all. There's one government. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Over all governments is the heavenly government. Mm. Then there is civil, church, and family governments, and they're connected and overlapped because undergirding all of them is self-government. Each individual sphere has individuals in it Mm. that if they possess self-government are going to be made better. Mm. And now here's the beauty of the gospel that the Holy Spirit is given to those who repent and believe in Jesus Christ, and he produces inside of them the fruits of self-government, what we call normally self-control. Mm. Okay. You see a whole society experiencing revival, Holy Spirit regeneration, coming to Christ. You have individuals, dads, moms, magistrates, um, pastors with the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, self-government inside of them. Mm -hmm. And that is going to work its way up bottom to top. Mm. That's our idea. That's what we think of as reformation. Right. Which is completely the opposite of the way that the functional world around us thinks or tries to operate, which is top to bottom. Top to bottom. Bureaucratic would be a word for that. They believe that change can be enacted Mm. through power through coercion, through compulsion, Mm -hmm. through bureaucratic means. And that is the spirit of revolution. Revolution Mm. is about exerting force 
using the might of the sword, using political policy, using coercion to enact societal change. Reformation comes from the heart and works its way upward. Mm. It's the definition of a grassroots movement. Yeah, this is the ultimate grassroots movement. Mm. This is how God saves people. This is how God redeems a society mm. from the inside out, as the, the fairly lame contemporary song says, from the, <laughs> from the inside out. That's right. This is why at Christ Church, our number one strategy is to build Christian households. Amen. Because we are working for the future, for our children, for our nation. We want to see Christ obeyed. We want to see the gospel proclaimed. Right. We want to see the wholeness and the health that can come right. from trusting in Jesus Christ. Right. Number one, we're building Christian households, planting churches and equipping individuals and leaders within their various spheres to follow Christ in all of life. That's our mission. Awesome. And so I'm... Happy about this show. Go ahead. It's definitely a slow game, though. You say, like, it it doesn't seem like the equipping households, that's the the in-the-trenches, slow, overtime, growth happens more generationally, probably, in a scenario like that than it does. We're not the hair. That's right. Now, that, unfortunately, is not the recipe for building quick, big audiences. Right. It's a totally different game. It's a different game. It's also not the recipe for big, fat salaries. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, that's why all of our pastors are bivocational. We all have side work. Right. Um, because we're um, investing in the next generation. Mm. And honestly, in the generation after the next generation, mm. we're playing the long game here. Right. And um, we believe by God's grace and the spirit of God that we can see some, some considerable impact in Acadiana over mm. the next few generations. Awesome. Amen. So you ready to get into our topic? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Well, so, Pastor Brandon. Oh, you got a question? How do I, as a father, organize my family government? What do I, what do I even do? How do I start? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, first of all, you have got to get your game face on. Ooh. You've got to get suited up, ready for battle, because um, it's go time. Uh, the battle is raging. Everything in society is against you. Mm. Is against you building a household, is against you as a father, as an authority, as the head of a household. Mm. Even this poison of this anti family poison is even in the church. Mm. Um, mm. Th- this very topic, when, when brought up in a church, immediately gets pushed back. Mm. Over the years, as I've taught this, I can't tell you how many Christians are just triggered, um, you know, infuriated. And come out of the woodworks to tone police us and to silence us and, and to give us, you know, cautionary words of wisdom. What they don't realize is they're triggered by the fact that we're saying what's not acceptable to say. Hmm. We're, we're not playing by the, the world's rules. Right. And we should make that very clear clarification to say who's saying what's okay to say. That's right. Who's, who's set that precedent? Absolutely. Not Jesus. Right. Because everything we're teaching is based fundamentally in the Bible. Hmm. So, Mm -hmm. first of all, as a dad, you've got to realize that you are under attack. Feminism is against you. Progressivism is against you. Mm. All forms of secularism are against you, and statism are against you. It's things as simple as estate tax and property tax are designed to diminish the influence of the household, Mm. to to diminish the influence, to take away the property and the wealth of a household as it builds up generation to generation. It keeps you in your place. 
As inflation increases and property taxes increase, but income doesn't necessarily increase. Mm. So all of society is aimed against you. The homosexual movement is against you mm. as it perverts God's family design and structure. And one of, the, one of the first people that pointed this out to me, and I thought it was so cool, was Pastor Joe. I don't remember. It was probably like three years ago. He might not even remember saying this. But he says if you watch movies today or sitcoms or television or whatever, you see that there's only two kinds of dads that ever show up in those scenarios. There's either the dumb dad... Right. Or the dead dad. The passive, That's dumb, it. irresponsible dad who's constantly looking at his wife to take responsibility and bear burdens. Right. He's fumbling. I don't know what to do. Or the know. abusive drunk. Or know? that. Right. That's right. The, the antagonist. Well, and those dads, that, um, that passive, irresponsible um, boy man, child man, and the abusive... Um, dominating man. Those are both products of the destruction of the family. They're products of feminism. Mm-hmm. Right. That is the um, that is the fruit of the ground of feminism. So you got as a dad, you got to get your game face on mm. because you're not going to be especially liked as you engage in this. If you're a young man looking for a wife, this is not popular to discuss. But the whole society is moving against you egalitarianism that tries to restructure the family to say there's no head, that there's Mm. no chain of command, that there's no chain of command between the genders. Um, The various uh, transgender movements that say men and women are social constructs, that God hasn't designed us for a certain destiny. Mm. All of these movements, even to the very point of child rights laws, where children are now given by the state, by Caesar, the right to do things and make decisions without parental consent. Right. Like, everything in society is aimed against the family and especially against the head of the family. Mm. This is, this is um, war, and you mm. got to be ready to fight. Mm-hmm. you got to be ready to lose some audience members. you got to be ready to have a, a shrunken platform to be canceled um, to go bivocational as a minister, you've got to be <laughs> right. free, ready to eat some locusts, put on some camel skin, because you're not going to get hired by um, right. the institutional church when you start talking like this. Mm. So this is, our, this is our fight. And Christ has given us the freedom to talk like this and to fight for these things. And so we've got to be faithful with that. Amen. So Amen. let's get into sort of the basics here of the family government. First of all, there's rulers within the family government. There's sovereigns, rulers. Of course, you know that's the mom and the dad. Right. That's right. Within the mom and the dad, there is a chain of command. This is all basic stuff for Christchurch people. Right. But for anyone joining us that's not from Christchurch, you may need to hear this or have a refresher. There's a chain of command. Right. The father is the head, and the mother comes alongside him as helper and life giver. Mm -hmm. The father represents Christ. And the mother represents the dad. They're following the model of Jesus Christ who came and he represented his father. And he did all that the father commanded him to do. Mm -hmm. So there is this chain of command, this chain of representation. And then, of course, children, they're commanded to obey. To obey in the Lord, in fact. Um, There is not only a hierarchy, but there's a law. You know, dads who are dominators, abusers. And um, passive, those who refuse to take responsibility, they have a law, too. You know, don't interrupt the game. Right. right? Yeah. 
don't interrupt my um, peace or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Um, don't make me have to do anything hard or make any hard decisions. They have a law. Right. Um, but we have an actual law which comes down to us from heaven. It's the law of Christ, as Paul calls it in Galatians, or as he calls it in other passages, the law of Moses or the law of God. We, as fathers, with mothers alongside of us, are organizing this family government according to the commandments of Scripture. It's not arbitrary, right? We're not doing it because we want this job, necessarily. Well, we are given it. Right. We are assigned it. Right. And, of course... It's not a power grab, us, in other words. No, of course not. I, I, that's not... the Most men who are faithful men, the temptation is not to grab more power. Men who have tasted a little bit of responsibility, very often or not, would be glad to let you have some. For real. Like, especially think about right now. So, the economy, who knows what's going to happen in the next 90 days. You can talk to my wife. She knows that I'm, like, like stressed it's and tossing and turning right now. That's I'm right. thinking about it. It's, it's, and she's been super supportive and able to come up That's to right. me and be like, it's going to be okay. That's Don't right. worry. We'll eat rice and beans. <laughs> you know, all those different things. It's very helpful for me, but I... I feel it. And at the same time, I would love to not. (laughs) I'd be glad to let this cup pass from me. Right. But we have to follow God's will. Amen. And God's wired us for that. He's wired men to take on these responsibilities, to bear the burdens, Mm -hmm. and to not push them onto our wives or our children or to others. Right. This is what it means to be a man. This is how God has wired us. This is why we're the heads of the household. And as we um, exercise our government... Over the family, by God's law, there's some promises that come along with this. You know, Paul says in the book of Ephesians, New Testament, quoting the Old Testament Mosaic law, he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And he says, that's the first commandment with a promise, that your life might go well for you in the land that I have brought you. Paul makes an application to us and says that God covenants with you. If, if you will lead your family well and raise up godly children who are faithful and obedient and they obey you, he will give to them, not, this is not automatic, but it's covenantal, mm-hmm. he will give to them life, abundance. This is the key to lasting legacy. This is the key to building up the next generation who builds up the next generation. This right here is the key. Getting that government established, ruling by God's law, enforcing God's law, and raising up children that do the same. This is, how, this is one of the primary ways in which the Spirit of God moves in a society and changes it from the bottom up. Mm. It's through the household, through the structure, and the, through the... household's primary. The household is the building blocks for the, the state, for the church. Mm. As the household goes, so goes the society. Of course, you see societal decay these right. days. Right. Well, that's directly tied to the destruction of dads and the destruction of families. Mm. So, and see, like uh, initially, the um, the income tax breaks that were given to people who were married were a recognition of that. That was the the right. state saying, "We see that there is benefits of having it was solid common households sense yeah, in it, church history." It made sense, but now it seems like it's more like, "Well, the state's doing you a favor." Absolutely. You can, we'll help you out a little bit. It's shifted a little bit. And it's well, interesting how that happens in just a few even, generations. Absolutely. The state doesn't even recognize the household. Mm. The state only recognizes individuals. 
You know, uh, everyone votes yeah. as an individual. That's everyone is, you know, taxed and dealt with by the government as an individual. The government addresses the household, not through the head, but through each and every individual, even to the point of um, enabling children to act without parental consent. Right. They don't recognize this government the same as the way they don't recognize, generally speaking, the church government either. Hmm. So we're rebuilding that that framework, which was considered common sense in the past. Right. Right. So, all right. So what are you doing? What are we doing to build up for our children's future Hmm. to to have that long lasting multi-generational legacy to build up and strengthen up the family government? You know, what are we doing? Do we have any uh, any folks joining with us and. Oh yeah, we got a hand. We got twenty four folks on. Nobody's really talking, guys. If you've got questions or things like that, some specific things you'd like us to address regarding this particular topic, feel free to drop those in the comments as we talk. I'm checking those and monitoring those throughout. So jump in the conversation at any point. Yeah, shoot us some questions. We'll get around to answering them. Yeah. For but what sure. are you doing to prepare for the future? So right now, my biggest thing has been just getting us out of debt. That's been step 1a for us so this past year god's been gracious to bless our business enough to where we've managed to pay out all of our old credit card debt that was fantastic nice Um, we got old student loans that we're still working on to try and finish those things off and then once that's done we have an emergency fund but it's you know shab baby it's a little it's a little keep working on it keep building it's a cute thing right now (laughs) but what i'd love to do later is to be able to like so the name of our business is is page 50 Right. And the whole reason for that is because page 50 of my particular journal, this is super cheesy, yeah. <laughs> is where I wrote down what I wanted our legacy to be. And so the whole philosophy of the business is to leave something for our children, whether it's the business as a whole or nice. just resources, yeah, assets. Or the capital you know. built up. Right. Something right. like that. That's great. So in 30 years, ask me again. I'll let you know if it worked. Yeah, if, if you <laughs> hand down some productive property hand down a business, hand down some capital to the next generation, their, their tithe is going to be bigger. Mm. Of course, this implies that you've also handed down the values right. of the Bible and right. uh, the commandments of Christ. Right. Their tithe is going to be bigger. Their heart's going to be bigger. They're going to have a bigger platform, more power to, uh, to follow Christ in their lives, more influence. That's how we get the ball rolling. Now, it, as it, as it regards debt, the Bible warns us time and time again that the borrower is slave to the lender. Hmm. A lot of people are tired of hearing that verse, but, um, <laughs> but it really is a very true principle. Right. A crisis like this coronavirus, you know, brings it to the surface everyone. real fast. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the Bible also teaches us that commercial loans are okay, mm-hmm. um, short term. You know, not long-term, yeah. short-term commercial loans for innovation and whatnot. The Bible tells us that we're not to be giving interest loans to the poor during the economic meltdown. Right. We shouldn't and, be taking advantage of people. And I should take a second to say, guys, that if you want to hear, we spent a whole episode talking about this this past Sunday. You can go back on our Christchurch Media Facebook page and find the whole video. It's called Biblical Charity, and you can get an in-depth talk on all these things in-depth it's still not super in-depth but it would be probably helpful for you not, guys um mainstream <laughs> um, right contemporary christianity right um but it is a fresh and a doable way to help the to help the poor especially in your local church what else you doing anything else you know i think most important is you got to find a good church 
Ooh. You've got to find the right kind of church. See, I just assumed that one in my head. No, I'll say it out no, loud. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kids are going to be ministered to week in and week out every Lord's Day in the Lord's Supper, in the preaching of the Word. I tell you, um, how many times do I hear from parents, my kids don't like church. My kids find it boring. I, right. I've never experienced that with my children. Mm. From an early age, they were in church and they've grown to love the preaching of the Word. Mm. They love to sing. They couldn't wait to be baptized and to join with the rest of the church. Yeah. In communion. Yeah. You got to start from an early age. You got to mm. find a church that's serious about life and a serious about following Jesus. Right. Right. If you're there as an audience member to be entertained, to be um, you know, petted and cajoled and um, and whatnot. Of course, they're going to ultimately find it boring because what the church can do to entertain is limited. I mean, you're not going to be able to compete with Xbox. We could dress up like Olaf and run across the stage. How are you, <laughs> you can try to compete with Disney. But you're not going to win. It's impossible. You're going to look How like could an you? idiot. That's right. Yeah, That's You right. could bring the Xbox into the church, but at some point people are going to wake up, these children especially when they reach the, about the age of 18 or 19 and think for themselves, well, I could just play Xbox at home. At my house. That's right. Talk That's about right. non-essential. <laughs> Talk about irrelevant. Right. No, if right. you find a solid church that is preaching the word of God... You get right. your family in there. You don't shuttle your, ch- shuttle your children off to the youth group to be educated right. or to the school to take the responsibilities that That's you're right. supposed to have. You Deuteronomy have those kids six. sitting right next to you. You're showing them, hey, we tithe because we're a household. Right. We tithe on our, our income that God has given us. Right. God has been good to us. This is how we do it. You fill out that little envelope. When they make income, you coach them. Mm. That's the offertory. They're learning how to tithe and trust in the Lord economically. That's a, a form of worship. Right. They're coming up with you to the Lord's table. They've been baptized. They're participating with the church. You're helping them listen to the sermon, and you're talking about it afterward. And mm-hmm. you're singing as a dad. You're singing loud. You're singing joyfully. Right. If you like it, they're going to like it. Right. Especially if you start off young enough. Right. It's not a perfect world, but I think if you're going to prepare this family legacy, building up this family sphere, this family government— You've got to start by finding a church that's on board with what you're trying to do. Right, right. You know, a lot of churches are being exposed with this coronavirus, the mm. COVID-19. Right. Healing services canceled. <laughs> me... That's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, who is falling for this stuff anymore? Right, right. It has to be people who want to fall for it. The word of faith... Um, cult the word of faith doctrines out there i declare victory over this virus i i i declare victory over all negative thoughts right this suffering and this shutdown of this coronavirus is exposing all of that word of faith nonsense do you know what's interesting like we have so we live in south louisiana hurricanes come through every two or three years it's a normal thing there's always somebody on the internet that like rebukes the hurricane in jesus name right except it still comes it that's still right. hits. There's still massive destruction. And we all go away and forget about that. That's right. And we say, oh, no, that guy's still got his job. He's still doing his thing or whatever. It's, we, we memory hole it. Right. Maybe he didn't have enough faith. Maybe he didn't try the technique right enough. Right. Right. This is the word of faith doctrine. It comes from the new age and new thought. It's been synthesized with the scriptures. 
right. positive declarations, the right. laws of attraction, um, blocking out negative thoughts. It goes all the way back to the power of positive your thinking. destiny, yeah. power of positive thinking, suffering, church shutdowns exposes all of that nonsense right so if you're listening to us and i i mean this sincerely you need to find a church it doesn't have to be christ church there are others who believe in the sovereignty of god over all things who believe that god can use all things for your good including this suffering whether it be suffering in your health or economic suffering you got to find a church that believes in a big god Mm. a sovereign god right so what would you say, so we've got a comment here, what would you say to somebody who recognizes that their struggle is they do have their kids still in public school education institutions right now? Like, what would be your advice to them? How would well, they start I course I think the correcting? first thing I want to say is that public school, in its very essence, the idea of having education for, for others is good inherently. But that's not what's taking place in current government schools. The second caveat I'd like to make is that if you're a teacher in the government schools, you're, you, you need to take on the mantle of a missionary. You're a missionary. We applaud you for that. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a different thing. That's different. We're not, right. we're not talking about you going into battle every day. What I'm telling people not to do is to send their children into battle. Right. You Don't treat your kids a, like missionaries. No, your children are... There are arrows given to you by the Lord, but they have to be sharpened. They have to be fashioned, and they have to be honed. Mm. And then when they're finally ready, fired at the forces of darkness, Mm -hmm. fired against feminism and egalitarianism and all the various isms that are uh, erecting themselves up against the glory of God. Mm -hmm. If you take that raw material, that unhoned, unsharpened arrow, and you hand it over basically to people who are teaching a completely different religion, Mm. you hand them over to another system to be sharpened and honed. When they're ready, they're going to be fired back at you. Right. So teachers, get in there. You're a missionary. You better be shrewd. Like Obadiah, who was secretly saving the prophets. prophets of God under the nose of Ahab. You're in a corrupt system. You're in a power play system. You're in a system that does not believe in family government. Be shrewd. Be a missionary. Be faithful as far as you can. Hmm. Um, I think the best strategy is for the church to start Christian schools that Hmm. rebuild from the bottom up. Hmm. That's offense. But I do think teachers in the government schools, they're missionaries. We need some people playing defense. But I think our strategy at Christ Church is to take the ball and run with it. Mm. And so our, our biggest warning is you, you cannot hand your children over to another religion to be educated. Mm. You wouldn't send them to a Muslim school. You wouldn't send them to a Hindu school. I hope not. But you would send them to a, a school that believes in statism that has forbid any talk of Jesus as Lord. Hmm. This has long-lasting worldview-impacting damage Right. when you do that. Because even if the only thing that happens is, well, Jesus isn't in the throne necessarily. I still think he's there. He just doesn't rule and reign over anything. It's not the same That's God. It's not the same Jesus. That's right. He's not integrated into all the subject matter. 
This is a complex, deep subject that most Christians are simply not equipped to even think about. But here we are in a short little period of time, at least trying to warn. Mm. And we have Christ Church Academy, and I'm sure there's other examples, affordable Christian education. I right. think it's about 330 bucks a month. That's cheaper than Mommy's Day Out. Right. That's cheaper than daycare. That's a cell phone bill. It's considerably cheaper than right. Mommy's Day Out. That's a cell phone bill? That's a cell phone bill. What kind of cell phone? <laughs> <laughs> you must have a high-speed cell phone. I got the T-Mobile what? Veterans Discount. I, I get service, you know, 50% you of the You pay like time. 20 bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other questions? That was a great question. Yeah, no, that was great. It was good. Well, what uh, else are we doing? You got any others there? If I'm looking. We're getting lots of positive response about Great. our education. Um, and there's homeschool options for people, too. Absolutely. You know, that's a thing. Like, let's say you don't have option. 300 bucks a month to, that you can spare. Although, great option. I would say, let's talk about your budget. I bet you we can find 300 bucks oh, in yeah, there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But um, homeschool options are great for people. Mandatory homeschool right now, I bet you, is going to restructure a lot of <laughs> households real quick. That's right. I think people will that's come right. out of it saying, oh, this is not so bad. Well, and hey, if you want to um, enroll in Christ Church Academy, we've got online stuff going on right now. We might be willing to bring in a few students. I mean, we have pretty high um, admission uh, standards, but you never know. Oh, here's a good one. So this, this question comes from Monica Gross. She says, are there specific ways we can teach our children about how they should conduct themselves when they're rulers in their own household? I like that. So the example when, she when gives, they like, are rulers in their own households. So When they're older, you mean? Yeah, when they when they grow up, how do we as parents teach our children to one day how be, to be good moms and dads? That's themselves. right. That's right. And she says, like, when my daughters become mothers, how can I show them now how to rule in their future households? Yeah, yeah. Well, she already is showing them. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> like it or not, I mean, this is a this is a twenty four seven eight days a week sort of a thing. Everything you do in front of um, your kids, they're learning. They're soaking it in. Absolutely. It's the same thing with family worship. See, people. We get pushback, you know, because we're weird, and we say, hey, guys, you should um, bring your kids into church with you. This goes back to a conversation we were having earlier. Get those kids in church. Absolutely. Just Let them, them going, see you worshiping. That's right. If they just sit next to you, they're learning so much. Even the kids who have been maybe in different style churches than necessarily Christ Church before, and they're like, I'm so bored. I'm going to this. Ignore that. They're going, and they're watching how you operate, and they're Absolutely. getting a ton just from that. Just from that. When you start small and you have to start young, like a young sapling, it has to be trained in the way that it should grow Mm. early in life. When you start young and they see you worshiping and delighting in the Lord, they will like it too. Mm. Little boys, sons, like what their dads like. Yes. Their identity is formed by their dads. Yeah. They're going to like sports if you like sports. They're going to like music if you like music. Yeah. It's inevitable. God has given us this softball. Right. But if you pawn them off to the Xbox, pizza party, whatever, being uh, ruled over by a pastor clown, if, if you're sending them to somewhere where they're not taking the sovereignty of God, the law of God, and the gospel of God serious, you're doing great harm to mm. your children. Mm. We have a nursery. It goes up to five years old. Right. At five, they're going to school. They need to be able to sit at that point. Mm-hmm. And we have grace for parents who are new to this. Right. And we work with them because it's not easy. Not right. everybody gets to start young. Some right. people don't get saved until they already have five or six kids. Right. But God is right. gracious. With repentance, there is hope. 
And it, we don't have to change the world ourselves, but we do just have to make a profit on what the Lord has given us. Ooh, say that again. We just have Ooh. to make a profit with what he's given us. I like that. Right? Yeah. And so modeling, Monica, that's a great question, but it's mostly going to be modeling and Christian education. I would say that Christian education, by that I mean Christian instruction in the Word of God, mm. Christian discipline, and the rod of correction, which is used to enforce the law of God in the family. If you um, dismiss the rod of correction, you dismiss the need for Christian education, and you dismiss the need for family right. worship, then you are doing great harm to the future of your children. Right. But if you are faithful and you exercise the means that God has told us to exercise, he will use those means to bring your child to a saving knowledge of Christ. That's, that's how he saves children, Right, is through those means. Right. That's right. Great question. Awesome. We got another one here if we got time. You got time for one more? Hey, I got all day. Hey, what? We're quarantine. <laughs> We're non-essential. <laughs> what else are we going to do? Family, see? non-essential. Church, non-essential. <laughs> Education, school, non-essential. Basically my whole life. <laughs> It's not essential. You're done. So if I got, was a plumber, I'd be essential. Like plumbers are in high demand right now. I know. I feel like I think that'd be a good trade to get my kids That's on. Right. Get your license quick. <laughs> That's right. Um, so we got somebody asking here. There's a lot of people saying that because churches are canceling corporate worship, they're bowing the knee to the government. Boom. Like they're submitting. They're saying, no, government, you lord over us. Um, how can we help explain to them that we're not letting the government run the church? Yeah, well, we might be. We might. We should at least entertain the notion that we are bowing the knee to the state. That is a problem that we have mm. as a church in America. Mm. We don't talk about things we're not supposed to. Right? We stay inside of the acceptable box of things to talk about. Um, we, we very well might all be just bowing the knee to Caesar. I'm not going to flat out say that's not possible. Mm. Be, to go against Caesar is to cost us big time. Right. I don't know if we're ready for that. Mm. So general rule... I do think that the worship of the state is a sin of the modern-day church. Mm. I mean, just consider how people react, um, whether it be on the Democrat Party side or the Republican Party side. I get the strong impression that the church in general is looking to the, the government to bring about societal change, mm. to bring about what old theologians would call salvation. I really do think that's one of our fundamental sins. Okay. Absolutely. But okay. are we bowing the knee to Caesar in this particular instance right now? COVID-19. I do believe Romans 13 has some application here. Hmm. That we do have, now check this out. We have those individuals who are called by Paul in Romans 13, ministers of Christ for justice and for good. Mm. Okay. Right? Like I said, heavenly government overall. Right. Underneath Christ, magistrates, governors, sheriffs. The Bible calls them ministers. Right. In their That's sphere. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the Greek word is diakonos, deacons. Um, and they are to be ruling and governing in submission to Christ. This is how a Christian society should be established. Mm -hmm. um, now, we have to see that God ordains these ministers for two things. Justice, that's to punish evildoers, to protect 
the rights of its citizens to protect property, to protect life, to protect marriages. That's mm. what justice would be according to the law of God. Mm-hmm. But it's also designed for our good, Romans chapter 13. And I do think it is good for the government to consider public health, mm-hmm. viral outbreaks. Right. There's been other viral outbreaks in church history, mm-hmm. and it is a part of the civil government's responsibility to protect the good of its citizens. Right. Like there was one in Martin Luther's day. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if this moment, this crisis, um, is used by a corrupt government to continue to quarantine the church and to diminish the church mm. and to eradicate the government of the church, it's going to be um, time for the church to say no. There At comes some a point, point yeah. we would have to look in the mirror and say, is there a play being run on us? Right. Right. At some point, we would have to ask some very hard questions, and we would have to, like many churches throughout church history, stare down the punishments right. and, and the, um, the persecution that would come. Right. The persecution would come from the government. It would come from the church, too. We'd get tone policed and shamed and, mm-hmm. and, and scolded for all sorts of things. Right. But there's going to come a time when we would have to make some hard decisions. Like but a couple of weeks, three weeks, even a month, when there's clearly some uh, spread of this virus going on. I don't have all the facts. I don't have a lot of information. Right. But we, we can, we can um, be submissive and humble um, for, for a while. There's nothing wrong with that. Right, right. Yeah. Now, but if in August... When football season starts back up and the teams start playing, but the churches still can't meet, now yeah. we got something to talk about. Well, there's, I, have a, <laughs> I have a lot of things that do trouble me about this. I, I do wonder why all the polls are still open. Tens of thousands of people go to vote. Hmm. Um, I do wonder how some of these things are classified essential, non-essential. But I don't expect our current government to bat a thousand on this. Sure. I, I'm willing to be patient and humble. I don't have enough information. None of us do, really. Right. And um, I, I, I do want to soul search. Where are we in idolatry as it pertains to the powers of government to be used for societal salvation? I do think that is one of the, the greatest idols of contemporary American church. Mm. I, and perhaps this... This coronavirus will um, be used by God to expose us to that. Mm. Amen. Amen. Mm. What else are you doing to prepare for the next generation? Got to get them in a good church? We already said got to have some Christian education. Right. Right? Get them in a good church. Get your household in order. That's right. Christian education. What now, else? I want, I want to, if I'm in the church, once you're in the church, I want to find some elders and pastors Ooh. who are ahead of me on this. Right. One of the qualifications Get for elders, coaches. yeah, one of the qualifications for elders is manages his own household well. Mm. How mm-hmm. can he be allowed to manage the household of God if he can't manage his own household? That's right. So there is, by God's sovereignty and Christ's blessing, in every genuine church going to be some men who are managing their households well. They're called elders or pastors. You want to find those people? You want to tune in? 
You want to um, listen to what they have to say, right. and you begin to model yourself after them. Right. That's how it's designed. Now That's how our, the dads learn. That's how the children learn. Our independence... Our independent mindset that says we don't want to do stuff like that. You know, our, I think that's kind of Western inherited. Maybe we feel like, no, I've got this. I don't need anybody else's assistance. Right. Maybe even we consider somebody else weighing in on our situations a threat to our autonomy. To and it kind of is it, personal. That, that's really we don't understand government, self-government, church government, family government. Hmm. We don't understand that Jesus is building his church and that he has given to his church gifts including pastors, teachers, including wise men and elders. And in pride, we uh, push back on any voices outside of us because our, we're, our idol is autonomy. Hmm. We are a law unto ourselves. We want to do things our way in our own timing, and we don't want anyone else forcing us in on this. But if you want to be humble before the Lord and do this well, build up this family government well, you find a solid church that's mm. teaching these things. And then within that church, you get, in, you get into a small group or you get into a relationship with those elders, at least one of them or a pastor, yeah. so that you have a sounding board and a model for right. how to build up your family. Oh, man. When I got saved when I was 18 years old, I, had, I didn't have that. Yeah. What I would have given to have somebody who is... 20 years ahead of me that I could just sit with and learn from and right. and I would have avoided so many pitfalls <laughs> you know right. so many problems that we've got now it would have been great it would have been great Amen. I think we had a we had a parenting class recently and one of the things that we kept saying at the end of the parenting class was this is a lot of information get a coach find yeah. a coach find somebody who's farther along here it's going to help you you're going to be right. able to do better and it's it, it's super true. If, if you don't take part in these means that Christ has ordained, you're mm. not going to really be able to rise above what was given to you from your own parents. Yes. You're just going to reproduce what you progress. already are. There and your parents might have given you a ton, and uh, that's, a, that's a great blessing. But you can add to it by the means that God provides inside the church. That's right. Amen. Amen. Got any other questions before we roll out? No, I think, I think we're good. Um, guys, I hope this has been helpful for you. Um, if you have more questions, you know, don't feel like you can't ask them anymore. We would love to respond to those things. You can email us at uh, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at wearechristchurch.com, and I'll be happy to respond as best we possibly can to any of those questions. Give us ideas for different subjects maybe that you'd like to be spoken about in this topic, and we'll try to bring them up in the next week's episode. Yeah. And what, what's, what else do we have coming with Christchurch Media? We have a few. So uh, we got prayer meetings. The right. first one was today. Um, there's another one coming up on Friday. We got Bible studies. We're still working on getting those put together and right. pushed out. Um, we've got our... I heard we might have a little counseling, Christian counseling, and how to deal with anxiety and depression in times like this. That's right, that's, that's right. We're great. hoping to reach out to a couple of medical professionals and just speak with them about how they're dealing with all the COVID-19 just issues. pray for them, right. support them. Absolutely. That's cool. So there's some, there's some really cool things. If you guys have something that you'd request, uh, maybe to learn more about or to have some interactions on with Christchurch Media, you can send, it, send us a message on Facebook, or you can email me again, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at wearechristchurch.com. Be happy to fill, follow up with any of those things. Amen. That's it. Well, this has been another episode of God and Government here on Christchurch Media. You gotta say it in your radio voice. That's it. We will see you next Wednesday, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Until then, if the Lord has called you, He will equip you and He'll bless you along the way. Amen. See y'all next time.